You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Huge thanks to Oklahoma Agrotourism for helping set this podcast up. Hundreds of farms and ranches across the state of Oklahoma invite you to explore and experience the intersection of agriculture and tourism. Oklahoma's growing adventure. Pet a pig, help with a harvest, lie around at the lodge, wind down with a wine and more. However, you want to experience agriculture? Let Oklahoma Agrotourism be your guide. Start your adventure at oklahomaagrotourism.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and here, host, back with another episode coming to you from Norman today with Kate Cooper to talk about the Norman farm market. I've done a little bit of research, been around since 1980. I'm sure if you're in the Norman area listening to this, you've probably been to the farm market. Uh, Kate, thanks for joining me this morning. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's... uh, I think, you know, people are probably super excited to get out more and, you know, keeping the market open and doing it outdoors at the fairgrounds. I mean, it's, it, I'm sure it's been an entertaining last year, right? 2020 was, uh, was a very, very interesting for us. And it was my first year here as a manager. So I kind of got thrown into a whole lot of stuff I did not sign up for. Oh yeah. Thrown in the deep end. And, uh, I, I guess the good thing for you then would have been that anything you do is just your best, right? You can't, you know, like, you know, this, we've never seen this before. We don't know how to do it. So let's just take it as it comes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it was just, uh, it was one of those things where I was, I was excited and I had a whole bunch of fresh ideas and, um, I definitely got to implement a lot of them. So that was, that was really fun. Yeah. So tell, before we dive into the, to the market side of things, tell us a little bit about you. Where, where are you born and raised and, and how do you, how do you get to working for, uh, for Cleveland County? So it's a, it's quite a, it's quite a twisty road. Um, I was born, I was born in California. I was raised in Colorado. And, um, when, when I grew up, um, my husband joined the military, we moved to Hawaii and then when he was thinking about getting out, we were kind of like, I don't know where to go. Um, my parents had decided to come down to Oklahoma from Colorado to retire and they wanted us to move in with them. And I had this dream of starting a farm and they were like, come, come live with us, start a farm. And that's what we'll do from now on. Uh, so we moved to Pulse Valley and my first year of farming, the city of Paul's Valley was looking into starting a farmer's market. And I was probably one of four people that showed up to the meeting and the city manager, he looked at me, he was like, do you have a job? And I was like, uh, kind of, <laughs> I kind of have a job. And he was like, cool, come to my office. Uh, you're going to be the market manager. And uh, it completely changed. Like I can credit him with everything. Like my entire career is because of him looking at me and just saying, you're it, you're the, you're the market manager now. Um, and I spent three years there, uh, running the Paul Sally farmer's market. I built it from the ground up. We became a nonprofit and, um, around, around that third year, we kind of, I kind of got to the space where I realized that I enjoyed helping other farmers succeed. Um, and I was spending all of my time doing that. 
I was, I was neglecting my farm. I was like visiting other people's farms and I was like, here, you can improve your systems like this and you can have you looked into doing this and, Oh, you need to know how to do bookkeeping. Let me teach you. So I was spending all of my time (laughs) helping other people. And, um, around that same time, uh, we decided that it was time to move out of my parents' house after three years with three children and, um, one house. It was a lot. And so we moved to Washington, Oklahoma. And about that time, James Arati from the OSU Extension Office had invited me to speak at a market manager's training. At that point, Norman was looking to hire a market manager. And James was like, you need to apply for this. And I was like, I don't want to. I'm over it. I'm done with farmer's markets. I moved to a neighborhood. I don't have a farm anymore. This is not for me. But I decided to to call Cleveland County mm-hmm. and kind of get some more information about it. And when I talked to my now boss, her name is Tara. Um, when I talked to her, she was like, come have coffee. Let us tell you, let us tell you about the well. Mm-hmm. So I went to coffee with them and learning about the future of this farmer's market made me excited about farmer's markets again. You know, I felt like I, I was swimming in this water for so long and I was helping farmers and I wasn't really getting anywhere. And then seeing this project and seeing how intentional Cleveland County has been about creating something for farmers um, it really, it got me on board and I feel like, um, there are a lot of farmer's markets in this state. And I always kind of felt like if I was going to get back into farmer's markets, I would want the best one. I'm not interested in, in trying to start a small town market. They have their place. They're wonderful. And I love them, but I didn't want to manage one anymore. So if I was ever going to get back into market managing, it was going to be for the best farmer's market in the state. And we are getting there. It's a, it's going to be a long road. But the thing that I really appreciate about Cleveland County doing this market and making the changes that they're making is that our farmer's market was never a sideshow. Like it's the main show. They are building us a facility for our farmers we were never ever meant for to draw people into a different project you know like we're it we're supposed to we're we're the centerpiece you know so i really uh that's that's kind of that's why i'm here yeah that's why i love it that's why uh that's why i'm doing this yeah that you're right that's that's an interesting road right (laughs) It, it, yes. Yeah. In road to, you know, I mean, Hawaii to Norman or Hawaii to Paul's Valley is quite a trip. <laughs> it, was, it was. Trading surfboards for, uh, you know, surfboards on the beach and, and, you know, hanging out to, uh, to farming, I guess, in Paul's Valley. Do you, do you miss when you yeah. moved, I guess when you moved to the neighborhood, you were probably totally fed up with farming, but looking back, do you miss it at all now? I miss it so much. I hate living in a neighborhood. Our neighborhood's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. My friends and um, <laughs> it's wonderful. But even even last weekend, I'm 
I miss farming so much that I bought some vertical planters to hang on my fence and I planted 300 strawberry plants in them. And my son, he's, he's nine. He was outside helping me. And he was like, mom, you're still farming, even though we live in a neighborhood. And I was like, yeah, let me tell you, if your dad would let me plow up this whole backyard, we would be selling at the farmer's market too. So, (laughs) so, so I guess, I mean, it sounds like you're going to be coming full circle and going, going to be getting a farm before, you know, in, in the next five to 10 years, you're like, I got to get back out there and get, have some, some more land than your standard acre lot in a neighborhood. Yes. And that's, uh, that's very much my goal, my personal goal. And I think that this time around, I'm going to be, once this market is on its feet, once it's fully established and like rocking it, then I feel like I'll be able to start taking my next step in um, creating more farms. Uh-huh. Cause I do that a lot now. I, I work really hard. Part of, part of what the mission of this market is, is creating new farmers. And I feel like on a personal level, once I've established this market a little bit more, I can move forward and really dive into what that means to create new farmers. Mm-hmm. And I have a whole business plan, but I won't go into that now. So, well, no, I mean, you're, you're right. Because I mean, I've done many podcasts with farmers and it's such a generational thing. Uh, and if the son or the daughter or, you know, multiple kids don't want to get into it, then the farm, you know, it's probably going to be sold or passed on because the dad or granddad's just tired and it, it's a, you know, it's not your, it's not an easy job, is it? You know, it's full time. Uh, and we're seeing that we're seeing the effects of that right now. I have in this last four months, um, three of my farmers have passed away mm-hmm. and, um, their, their wives are still here. They're rocking it. They're, they're doing their best, but man, most of a lot of my farmers here are over the age of 65. Mm-hmm. And this has been a problem for a while. And a younger generation is really what's needed to step in and kick up this local local food, creating new farms and feeding feeding communities. So that's, yeah. it's a problem. Well, I guess, I mean, mentioning the younger generation, how was it for you to have, you know, grow up and, you know, have the kids grow up around your parents in the same house on a farm? Like how, I mean, there's so many life lessons, I'm sure, from from all of that. There are. um, I learned how uh, to extend a lot of grace for people because uh, it's, it's tough living with your parents. And I mean, my husband at the time, he was a Paul's Valley police officer. So now he's, uh, he's a McLean County deputy, but like having the whole, the stresses of law enforcement and then living with my parents and then trying to farm, it was, it was hard, but I will say, um, my oldest son, he credits living on a farm to like being tougher than other people. And he, he'll he'll do this thing where like if he's at soccer practice and a kid is like complaining because it's cold out or a kid is like crying because he fell down um Mm -hmm. he'll do this thing he'll get in the car and be like mom i don't think he grew up on a farm like (laughs) i think that like maybe because i grew up on a farm that stuff doesn't hurt me as bad and it doesn't bother me and so he uh that 
I I think that's fun because yeah, that's hilarious, isn't it? Like growing up yeah. outdoors, you know, getting up on a freezing cold fall morning and or winter morning, and I mean, you know, going out and doing what you got to do. Yeah, like yeah, that's I mean, uh, you know, it's totally the opposite to growing up in a neighborhood looking outside and thinking, Nah, I'm gonna put the TV on. I'm gonna play some video games. Yeah, so. yeah, and so it's uh, it's funny. It's nice to see it. Um, it's nice to see my kids passion for growing things that other kids might not have gotten to experience yet. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, they get a, a hands-on experience and appreciation for what comes out of the ground and how it ends up on your plate. Right. There's not, like you said, if, you, if you're not a farmer, you're not farmers, you know, if you're not a kid with, with a farm, then, then the kids in the neighborhood who you meet at school, they, they don't have the same experience and, and, and appreciate exactly. that. And that's the thing. When I grew up, when I started farming, I will be 100% honest with you. I had no idea how food grew. Like I was, I was growing zucchini with my mom and we were like, so there's a flower and what, like, how do we, how do we make this into food? And so seeing the way that the food is grown and like okra confused us so bad because okra doesn't grow or we never knew about okra until we moved to Oklahoma and so we were constantly asking my farmers at the, at the Pulse Valley market, we were like, so it's flowering and like, there's this thing behind it. And uh, what do we pick? Like, what do we eat? What, what is this? So even as adults, like adults don't know how food is grown mm-hmm. and I want to change that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's probably like, it sounds like it's something that has kind of just grown as a passion for you and something that you never expected. And and just mm-hmm. like, like you said, you think I've always dreamt of starting a farm and you don't think about like, you probably, when you start a farm, you think about, you know, like most people would be like cattle, dairy, you know, that kind of thing, not okay. growing like vegetables. Like some people do in their back of their yard in a neighborhood in their okay. plant bed or whatever it is. Like it's, it's amazing how that, you know, passions just kind of show up in our lives and, you know, they just kind of surprise us. And like I said, you, you go to a meeting and, you know, the guy says, I have a job for you. <laughs> like yeah. you are our new, you know, farmers, farmers market. So, um, so when you do then move to Norman and, you know, you, you've kind of got the bug back and, and you get this kind of job at, at with Norman and what, you know, after your experience at, Paul's Valley and building it up. I mean, what, what is kind of like was first day, like January the 1st of last year. So first day, first day, um, was actually in January of last year. And when, when I moved here, um, or when I started here, there was a lot of resistance. I don't know if you know a lot of farmers, but they're very resistant to change. And, um, I think that that's a generational thing. And I think that it's also an occupational hazard because these people are reliant upon a, a group of people that purchase from them. Um, not everybody has gotten on the local food train yet. Mm-hmm. And so when I got here, we had a lot of things going on at once. Like COVID was just ramping up and, um, the farmers here knew that we were moving to the well and they had never really had management before. Nobody had ever, um, the, I mean, the fairgrounds took care of them. They did a really good job, 
but there was nobody that was like 100% in their corner all the time trying to help their business and trying to make sure that they had customers. And so they didn't trust it. They didn't trust me. Um, there was a lot of talk about like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to go off on our own. We don't need this. And it was understandable. It was understandable. So I had to do a lot of, a lot of trust building last season. And, um, when, when COVID hit and we had to kind of adjust how we were doing things, uh, they had to, they had to learn to lean on me or leave basically. And some of them did leave. We did lose some vendors and some of them have not don't plan on coming back, but, uh, that's just kind of one of those things where not everyone's going to like the changes that you're making. And in a couple of years, I hope that you come back. Cause I think that it'll really benefit them. Right. And there's no, I mean, there's, I mean, in chaos, you build kind of great relationships, right? Cause you mm-hmm. fight together, you're fighting for the same thing. You're working together in times that none of us have ever seen before. Uh, so I'm sure, you know, the, the ones that, that stayed and, and you have great relationships with people now because they see the hard work that you put in. And over time, you know, you're right. They learn to trust you and, and you, they realize that, okay, so it's not just somebody who lives in the, in the neighborhood now that doesn't have a clue what she's doing. She's someone who's grew, you know, tried her own farm stuff and actually cares about, you know, people eating local food and getting dollars in, in, in their pockets rather than, you know, them working on this as well as working on everything else they've got to do on the farm. Yeah. And that was one of the biggest things. So her name is Elsa. She runs fourth and olive here. And, um, she's one of my vendors. She told me last year, she was like, you will never go wrong with relationship building. Even though this year did not go how you wanted it to go, you built relationships with these people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like, that's one of the biggest takeaways that I have from, from COVID is that we built such strong relationships that I feel like I know how to help them better and they know um, that they can trust me. Yeah. So, so the farm market then it's at the county fairgrounds, right? Yeah. And, and this you is for class. And at the Cleveland County Fairgrounds, uh-huh. um, the well is over off of James Gardner and Eufaula, and it should be finished with construction by October of this year, mm-hmm. which just kind of, I was really hoping that we would be able to get over there for our fall market, but uh-huh. construction and weather and all of that stuff, um, we will definitely be opening mm-hmm. the market there in April of 2022. Yeah. And your season, like you just mentioned, is April to October, right? Every Tuesday, Saturday? Yep, that is correct. Tuesday from four to seven, Saturday from eight to noon. Mm-hmm. And then, so so the, so the market itself then, I guess it started in 1980 and has had, you know, obviously sustained through to now. I guess when you came in um, and kind of bringing it to the, quote, new age, I suppose, um, your Facebook page has a really, really big social media following. Like there's 12,000 yeah. people that like the Facebook page and, and, and you mentioned farmers don't like change, but when they see social media, it's the easiest, cheapest way to market. Mm-hmm. Uh, has that been a huge kind of push for you with the social media side of things? Well, so I got really lucky. Um, in Paul's Valley, I started the Facebook page and I fought tooth and nail to get 2000 followers mm-hmm. here. Um, it already had 12,000 when I took it over and I was actually very nervous about that. I was like, Oh my gosh, 12,000 people is a lot of people. Um, 
you can really tell the difference in my farmers um, between the ones that utilize social media to its full potential mm-hmm. and the ones that are not interested in using social media at all. It's a huge, huge, huge factor in getting getting your message out and it's free. But I think because it takes so much time that a lot of them are like, I would rather spend my time in the garden, um, making sure that bugs are not eating all of my stuff. Um, or I do have, I have one vendor. She is killing it, killing it at selling plants. She has zero interest in social media. Mm -hmm. And I think that if she did, she would really say, I think that she could quit her other job and do this full time. Um, Canadian Valley Farms. I don't know if you follow them. They rock it in all aspects of their yeah. business. They grow great products and they have a fantastic social media. Um, so I think that, yeah, social media plays a huge role in the success of the farmers and it needs to be better utilized. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it's hard to weigh up the time difference, right? Cause the thing that I try to tell people on social media is, you know, you, it's hard to see a return, right? Uh-huh. Like there's no quantifiable data. I mean, yeah, you have your kind of insights and stuff on, on, on Instagram, but you know, no one knows. Facebook ads, but nobody knows, right? Unless you ask people where they are coming from, like, well, okay, where did you find us? And they say Facebook or they say Instagram. Okay. So something's going right here. Um, but so, so tell me about, I guess the market itself then how, how many vendors do you guys have? And, and just, I assume the goal is to keep growing and growing with the new facility coming out. But, um, yeah, tell me, tell me about, I guess, you know, you mentioned flowers and, and I'm sure there's multiple different, you know, you, you go there and you can find anything you want, I assume. Yes. Yeah. So when we move to the well, we're going to have room for a hundred vendors and that's outside and inside. Um, here we have room on a normal day to have about 26 vendors inside and about 36 outside. I always tell everybody that if you are a farmer that is growing your own stuff, I will find a space for you. Um, so we have, we have a lot of produce vendors. We've been really up in the game and neat lately. We have a chicken, chicken guy. Um, we have pork, we have beef, we have, and we have like pork grown in different ways, which people don't really think about. Like we have some that are pastured pork where they're eating a lot of like the grasses and stuff and growing that way. Um, we have some that are on soy free GMO free feed. And then we have some that are, are grown in a more conventional way and all of them are good. And all of them taste way different than what you find at the grocery store. Um, we have a lot of, we have flowers right now because we're still pretty early in the season. We have a lot of starter plants. So if you're not good at growing things from a seed, which not everybody is, um, you can come here and you can get a plant that you could just put in the ground and take care of. And then it'll, it'll bear fruit soon. Um, we have some craft vendors. There's a guy, Salad Bar Farms, makes really cool spoons. And he has a farm, but like here he sells his spoons and he'll tell you all about them and they're really cool. Um, we have jelly. We have um, goat soap. One of my favorites is uh, 
when farmers take a normal product and they create it into something else, it's called being value added. Mm -hmm. So we have one vendor who actually we have multiple vendors, but um, they'll take their, their milk from their goats and they'll create beauty products like goat soap or um, lotions and stuff. So they're, they are farmers at home and here at the farmer's market, they're selling bath and beauty products. So that one's really fun. You can also, um, let me think. Oh, lots of baked goods. Um, I try to limit the amount of bakers that we have because otherwise we would be, we would be over overflown with, with bakers. Um, they're great. They're fantastic. We have some really, really good, um, pastries and biscuits and breads. Uh, I could probably go on for like another hour about all of the stuff <laughs> have. Uh, oh, we got milk. We have milk now. I'm really excited about that. Eggs and so many things. We also, um, final one that I'll talk about. We have a partnership with LoveWorks Leadership this year. Mm-hmm. And they have always, they've always sold their salsa here. Um, Cause the kids make it, the kids make the salsa and then they sell the salsa at the farmer's market. Uh, this year we worked together on a business boot up for our kids. And so these kids pitched their idea to LoveWorks and they go through a process of mentorship process and then they sell their product for the first time ever at the Norman farm market. And that one has been a really, really rewarding program for me. I got to mentor one of, one of the kids and he makes smoothies. And every time he is here, he's been here three times now. And the first time he was so nervous because it's the first, like selling to the public is scary. People are me. Especially food, right? Like, Yes. And, um, like you, if you could hear the things that some people say when, when you're selling something to them, like kids don't want to do it. They're terrified. So the first time he was here, he was really scared. The second time he was here, he was a little more confident. And then last Saturday he was here for the third time and he was rocking it. Like his dad was out there passing out menus and he sold out in like two hours. He was, he was completely sold out. So that's been a really, really fun, uh, program too. Right, yeah, so yeah, that's back to the point you're building future farmers and future vendors and, and giving a kid a chance, right. And, and seeing his passion and, and with that partnership growing mentors and, and, you know, just being in that position, like mm-hmm. that's really, really cool to give back like that. It's so much fun. I really, that's one of my favorite things that we're doing this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess anything else that you're super excited to implement between now and, and the end of October? Well, so we did, we implemented an online farmer's market. That is, that's new this year. I, I did it in Paul's Valley um, and doing it in Paul's Valley is very different from doing it here. We have a system called local line here mm-hmm. and you can place an order on our website um, on well, you can place it for online order pickup, right? So the order window, if you want to pick up on a Saturday, you have to order before Thursday. 
And if you want to, if you want to pick up your order on Tuesday, you have to order before Sunday, but we have about 20 vendors online right now. It's a really convenient way for people that are um, still a little bit nervous to be out in public. Uh, I package it all up and I wait at the table for them to, to come and pick up their stuff. Um, I'd like to see that grow a little bit more. I think that it has a whole lot of potential and I think that getting the word out about it will be really, really helpful. Cause I think that this, this program can get so big, like, we could do deliveries. We could have like pickup days, multiple days a week. Like it could totally, it could change the scene for what we're, what we're currently working with. So I'm really excited about that. That's a program that we haven't talked about. Um, other than that, let's see, we're doing farm tours. We did them last year, mm -hmm. um, but you can see the video book page. We did one yesterday in Ardmore. And I think that that one's going to be a really fun video. So yeah, just uh, stay with our social media and you could know everything that's happening. All yeah, that's it. I mean, great way to show people the, you know, the, the families behind the products and, and the re, you know, when you see it, where it's being grown and I mean, it's, they're real people, it's a real place. You get to meet them and, and shake hands and hang out. It's much easier to spend money with them and see where that money has been, you know, is going than, go to a big box store or whatever and you know through convenience but with the online thing it sounds like you're building that convenience side as well so that's super yeah i think that every um every community should be able to rely on a local small farm to feed them mm -hmm. and making it convenient is a big is a big thing for me so any way that we can try to it's not perfect it'll get there um but moving in the right direction yeah Awesome. Well, Kate, thanks so much for, for jumping on the podcast with me. Uh, for people listening, what is, I guess, the website, Facebook page, and the address of the farmer's market? Okay, so the website is thewellok.org. You can find us on there, um, the Norman Farm Market tab. Our Facebook page and our Instagram page are Norman Farm Market. And we are open on... Saturdays and Tuesdays from April to October, Tuesdays, four to seven, Saturdays, eight to 12. This year is our last year at the Cleveland County Fairgrounds, which is 615 East Robinson Street. Um, in 2022, you can find us over at the well, which is off of James Gardner and you follow across from the Cleveland County Courthouse. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing some stories. Uh, <clears throat> I need to come down and check it out uh, just to say yeah. hello and, and get some of those, get some of those that little, little kids smoothies and, and maybe some yeah. students too. So yeah. stop by and make sure you say hi when you're here. I'll be at the yeah. office. Definitely. So for everyone listening, I'll post the links and, and the contact information uh, that Kate just mentioned. And yeah, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Huge thanks to Oklahoma Agrotourism uh, for helping set this podcast up. Hundreds of farms and ranches across the state of Oklahoma invite you to explore and experience the intersection of agriculture and tourism. Oklahoma's growing adventure. Pet a pig, help with a harvest, lie around at the lodge, wind down with a wine and more. However, you want to experience agriculture? Let Oklahoma Agrotourism be your guide. Start your adventure at oklahomaagrotourism.com. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, 
Follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.